are we in an economic meltdown? Perhaps we're not in a full-on Chernobyl, but many people are starting to see warning signs. So if this is the case, then when it comes to buying your first home, then you should totally pump the brakes, right? I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Actually, in times of uncertainty, renters should be way more scared than people buying a home. Let's talk about it. What is happening, my How to Buy a Homies? I'm David Sidonian. If you are new to the show, welcome. We're very glad to have you here today. And if you're looking for weekly advice and guidance on how to buy your first home, you want to know all the ins and outs and all the insider secrets, well, then subscribe, become a homie, and you get weekly information to digest into your ear holes. And yeah, you're probably going to have to hear me say homies and ear holes. It's just part of the game. Homies, I was going to get back to the alphabet definitions, but yet another crack in the economy stirred the headlines this week. And that means I know some of you need the calming reassurance of Uncle Dave to explain how this affects you. So relax. As always, I got you guys. So how's your summer going so far? Well, if you watch the news, you're huddled under a blanket somewhere. It sounds like we should all be headed to a bunker and hoarding canned goods. I actually saw a guy on TikTok. Somebody was filming this dude. He was at a gas station with his pickup truck bed lined with a tarp, and he was straight up filling the bed of his pickup with gas. Guess he didn't want to wait for it to go up another 20 cents next week. Dude, the economy is crazy right now with inflation at eight and a half percent here in June of 2022. It doesn't look like it's slowing down like everyone had hoped for. So the Fed went nuts. And they just agreed to a 0.75 percentage point raise in the Fed rate. Who knew that three quarters of a point of anything, three quarters of a percent could be such a big deal? If I had $100, that's 75 cents. But yeah, this is a big deal because it's the highest raise in the Fed rate since 1994. So what happened? Everybody freaked out. (laughs) Stocks went up and then they went down. And bonds rallied, and now everyone's talking about a recession. Meanwhile, maybe you're thinking, okay, I'm kind of new to this adulting thing. What the hell does the Fed raising the rate mean to me? And if gas is more and food's more, does that mean the houses are going to be more too? Look, I understand. These are the questions you have. So let me give you the technical definition of what the Fed raising the rate means to everybody and our bottom line, our pocketbook, our wallet, your money. It means that nobody knows what's going to happen. The government's going to try to help, but we don't know how they're going to help or who they're going to help. And if the Fed rate doesn't fix it, we don't know what to do next. And the big corporations, they're going to keep screwing everyone because that's what they do. There. You feel better now? Feel all informed? The truth of this situation is in times like this, stability is your best friend. Stability. You need to be stable to stay safe. And there's an extremely basic principle when you buy a home. Buying a home should be looked at as a safe, long-term stabilizing factor in your economic life. Home ownership is a rock that will stay the course and be your foundation. Now, this is the way the home ownership has been viewed in the past. I mean, since the Great Depression, people have been looking at it that way. And it's been a stabilizing force for over 100 years. However... In the past 20 years, because we've had these crazy wild swings in housing, suddenly everyone is tossing their first home buying into 
this swirling mess of changing economy and thinking that somehow they're all tied up together. This is something that we call recency bias. Recency bias is a psychological phenomenon where you give more importance to recent events compared to what has happened further in the past or historically. Now, in the case of real estate, this is massively present right now. I'm seeing serious recency bias when people talk about buying their first home as opposed to just renting. Now, some of you are just starting to adult. And in general, most 20 to 50 year olds, they only think that real estate behaves in these huge swings because that's the recent behavior that's been happening in the last 25 years. It's either shooting up or it's crashing down. Now, so either you think this because you're on the older edge of that 20 to 50 or you're, if you're on the younger edge, you think this because your parents got crushed in 2008 and they give you all these horror stories. Now, as things get hairy, this generation could make sounder decisions by taking a step back to realize that when things get bananas, owning a home, owning a home the right way is your best shelter, literally and economically figuratively. It's your best shelter when the storm of recession comes a blowing. Wait, am I becoming an old man? I just said make sounder decisions and use the word literally correctly all in the same sentence. Homeownership may not be as sexy as it was when there was the 19.5% increase in prices and appreciation in 2021, but it has two huge comfort factors in an uncomfortable economic environment. Number one, buying a home is fixed and stable. And number two, you are in control. Prices are going up everywhere on everything, including rents. The rent numbers are going straight up and they're not stopping. Look at this chart. And if you have me in your ear holes, picture Buzz Lightyear taken off in a rocket. That's the chart straight up since 1988. But a home is a fixed payment. Fixed. Stable. If you own a home, you get the warm, cozy blanket of fixed stability. It's a non-changing bill that you can always be assured of, and it gives you some peace of mind. And you are in control. You cannot get kicked out of your home unless it's your doing. That is not the case when you rent. Your landlord can raise the rent for no reason than people can't afford to buy a house because they got scared. They didn't make any sort of plan. So now he has more applicants since less people are trying to buy a house and more people are trying to rent. Or your landlord can decide they need to change the building completely to make it more profitable for them because things are going down in the economy and they need to make more money. So they decide to rehab the whole thing and turn it into some place that you can't afford or that isn't designed for you. Or worse, if the recession hits really hard, the landlord could sell the building that you rented and change it all together. Yeah, getting your home that you rent sold out from underneath you is a real thing, especially if you're renting in a smaller complex or a duplex or those of you out there renting homes. If they need to sell it unexpectedly because they need money because of this recession, then you might need to go a lot quicker than you were expecting to. And heck, I even know stories where the landlords have lost the house in the recession to foreclosure and the sheriff comes and kicks you out. Again, no control. So the fear that's out there for home buying, I'm actually way more scared for the new renters out there right now that maybe they need a few years to get it together and become a homeowner. These people are the most vulnerable people in an economic uncertainty. That's way more scary than trying to buy a stable living place to live in and ride all this out. Homeownership is the opposite of uncertainty. So why don't most people see it that way? Because of recency bias.
owners are fixed and owners are in control. I'm going to say something controversial right now. Are you ready? You ready for me to get all TMZ on this? If you're new to the program, check my credentials and find out that what I'm saying comes from a place of expertise, real life examples, because I've been doing this long enough to actually see what happens in long term results. And of course, doing research all along the way. And if you check deep enough into my credentials, you'll see that I have a motivation behind giving my opinions, my guidance, and my service to first-time homebuyers because I want first-time homebuyers to succeed, and this is all done out of love. So here it comes. Some of you are saying, I don't want to be house poor. And I'm telling you, to some of you, you need to get over yourself. People are using the term house poor to stay renter broke. Avoiding being house poor is not a catch-all, financially intelligent, financially safe, smart plan. And just to be sure, if you're thinking right now, oh, wait a minute, I'm a person that says I don't want to be house poor, and that is indeed a factor in my decision-making process when I'm buying my first home. Cool. I'm telling you, you could be right, but you also might need to check yourself. Where did you get the term house poor? What experience do you have to back up what that phrase actually means in a full and complete picture. And where you heard the term house poor and when you're using the term house poor, do you have all the understanding of the data behind that to realize exactly what you're saying? The biggest mistake I see is that people forget and do not include that rent replacement formula while they're spewing out house poor so that they sound really smart, intelligent, and safe, but a lot of times just because they don't want to feel like a sucker. Like I said, check my credentials. I come from expertise and I come for love. I'm not trying to push you into anything or sell you anything, but I have seen a whole bunch of people hold themselves back because they're so afraid of being a sucker, they just throw around the word house poor to not realize that they're becoming rent poor. And that's because they're not using the rent replacement formula. Okay, so did you check yourself? Cool. Now, you could be on the right side of things. I do believe the term house poor can be a smart financial philosophy in theory but I've seen the pendulum swing way too far in the other direction. At its core, I agree with the philosophy, and I've seen it work in the right way when one partner is helping the other partner stay in their budget. Because perhaps, you know, just perhaps, maybe one of the partners is watching way too much HGTV and has some unrealistic dreams. You know, the people that want a home with shiplap, an open floor concept, a farmhouse sink, a generous ensuite, subway tile, functional features, exposed brick, and fabulous curb appeal, all for $100,000 less than the current market value of that neighborhood. Okay, here's the story behind that. I swear, I had about 75% of those terms off the top of my head because I do this stuff every single day. But when I went to Google it, there's actually a place called HDTV Bingo. And they had all those terms on a bingo card and you watch the show and you put the bingo on it. That makes me laugh. Am I a dork? Oh, that question has been asked and answered. See, the problem is I see so many people using the term house poor to quell their fears and to satisfy their insecurities. See, by not buying a home, then they don't have to feel like they're getting ripped off or they're making a bad decision. But the key is they're not realizing the simple math of the rent replacement formula. If you currently pay $2,000 a month and buying a home costs you three grand, $1,000 more, don't say, we can't afford that. We'll be house poor paying an extra $1,000 a month. Instead, perhaps look at it this way. The economic mess is coming and you can't afford to continue to put $2,000 a month, a huge chunk of your monthly payments. 
to an asset that gains you nothing in the long run. You can't afford to not find a way to put an extra $1,000 a month into your shelter payment to help it stay fixed when these changes are coming. You can't afford not to figure out how to possibly rearrange your current budget, your savings, and maybe even your retirement plans to stretch for that extra $1,000 a month so you can transform that wasted $2,000 a month that you spend into something else. Because by the way, it's also going to be $2,200 next year and $2,500 the year after that. I saw another person on TikTok. Boy, am I spending time on TikTok? Hmm. I'm doing it for research, people. But I saw some time on TikTok and I saw somebody comment to a younger realtor encouraging home ownership. And this comment said, FYI, for anyone watching this, this is a recipe for financial disaster. You'll be house poor. Don't let this influencer talk you into this mess. Okay, a few thoughts on this. Sure. I'm not a fan of the influencer realtors. And frankly, I hope they all burn out and fizzle into oblivion. Agreed. Same page, amigo. Captain commenter. And yeah, avoiding more home than you can afford is a smart move. Totally with you, brah. But I say to you, do your research. Look, if some slimeball salesman tells me I should buy life insurance from him, her, them, is actual life insurance a bad idea just because the person who is telling me to do it is a slimeball? So is the idea wrong or do I just not like the messenger? I want to get the phrase rent broke into the zeitgeist. Rent broke. That's what really matters. You know, rent broke. Gaining no equity and paying into something instead of paying into an historically safe asset. Rent broke. Paying into that because that's going to cost you way more in the long run than changing your budget a little bit and buying a home within your financial means. Rent broke. Being totally unstable and not fixed has more chances to make you so poor as opposed to being in a situation that doesn't change and being in a situation that you control. Being rent broke, being rent poor means that you don't control the situation. It could change at any time. You want to be poor? Live paycheck to paycheck while you put your largest monthly out payment to nothing while you're ignoring a potential to replace that and use that payment every single month in a simple, safe, proven, long-term wealth builder. That's poor, man. And I don't want you to be poor. Look, it's not going to be easy right now, but you do have an opportunity to change the narrative. Let's stop being afraid and insecure, and let's start being educated and empowered and comfortable taking advantage of the cards that we're being dealt. It's easy to freak out about this, and it's easy to listen to other people warning you about this. When the people out there like myself, I'm not promising super sexy returns anymore. It's easy to contradict my long-term, unsexy, non-get-rich-quick game plan. Go back and ask the homeowners who are 40 times more wealthy than renters. How many of them who bought in the last recession are house poor today? True house poor people would have overextended themselves and gone into foreclosure. And foreclosures are currently about 1%. And don't even try to tell me there's a crash coming and that more people are going to be going into foreclosure because I have dozens of episodes on that. Not to mention that buying a home in the last decade and a half has been far more stringent and difficult than it was in the past, meaning that banks won't even give you a loan to a level that would truly make you house poor. So that wave of the foreclosure crisis 
that you've been predicting. By the way, you've been predicting it for the last six years, and I haven't seen it happen yet. Every year, they keep predicting that. Well, it's not coming before, and it didn't, and it's not coming in the future. So yeah, in basic principle, I do agree with parts of house poor. Mostly, I just agree the fact that you should be house smart. But stop misusing this phrase as a simple catch-all to satisfy your need to do the easy thing and stay put and stay ranting. Instead of doing the work and realizing that the hard thing to do, the unsexy, the not get rich quick decision is going to make you wealthy in the long run. That's my rant. And the question is, why aren't more people making podcasts, making posts on social media and screaming this information to you? Because long-term wealth doesn't sell. And they can't make money off of you because it's just not catchy enough to get you to open your wallet. But if you're listening to me, well, welcome to the Nerd Dome. By the time you realize how much money all this free information made you, it's going to be years from now. I'm not going to have made any money off you, and I'm going to be retired on a boat and not making a dime off of all this wealth guidance that I've helped you accumulate over the years. But that's okay. That's my mission here today. Start the how to buy a home process, work the plan, and you will be in a better position years and years from now. Okay, now rant over. Back to you and what all this economic upheaval means for you. Ooh, good use of upheaval. As far as housing goes, you miss the roller coaster. And now it's time to get on the kitty ride, the one that just goes kind of round in circles. That is the real estate market. That's the usual real estate market. It's not thrilling. You don't get the gaudy, fast equity numbers and the huge profits, but you also don't get the super scary 10-story drops. Just some simple twists and turns with the occasional jump scare that goes away once you turn the corner and get past the scary wicked witch. It's simple. It's fixed. It's stable in a time of uncertainty. Look, gang, you got me in your ear holes and your eyeballs if you're watching me on YouTube. You're here in eyeballs or ear holes because you want to buy a house. If you want to flip houses or buy a home like an investor, hey, nice to meet you. Wrong podcast. That's more guidance than I care to attempt to offer because I have seen far, far too many people jump into that without understanding the risks. All they see is the rewards. And for those type of people, they're definitely not going to dig my whole let's be stable speech today. This show here is for people who want to stop paying rent and find a more economically viable way to spend your largest monthly payout. So that means you need to chill a little bit. I'm not flexing when I say that. I'm actually attempting to calm your nerves. I want you to realize there are solutions here because you know who is the most vulnerable people in the most vulnerable position in an economic crisis. It's not the homeowners. It's hard to buy a home. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to be easy. But once you've got it, you're actually in a better position than the renters. Those are the people that are going to be in trouble as we move forward. Again, a lot of recency bias going on. In the last crash, people bought homes like investors, and they could not afford the homes that they bought. So people are freaking out when they hear about a recession. But little reminder, gang, it's not the same way as it was the last time. People aren't buying homes like investors now. People are buying homes in a more stable way. How about that? A home being stable. Who would have thought? I told you about the potential recession back in 2019. There's an episode on that way back when. 
And now all this current news, it's going to affect mortgage rates. You're right. And that's going to affect you. Yes. But as I've discussed in previous episodes, the rest of this news really doesn't do much for you, for anyone making a plan to buy your first home as the foundation of your financial prosperity. There's data, math, history, and plenty of me ranting on other episodes to explain that to you. So with this in mind, let's get you started on a stability plan to prepare for the economic cluster mess that looks like it's only going to get worse for us right now before it gets any better. Let's do some simple planning. We're not day trading stocks and we're not finding the best crypto strategy. We're not attempting to time the NFT market. You do that after you've turned your rent into your stability. None of the immediate news should affect your long term, like seven to 10 year plans. If you're way out from buying, but you want to protect yourself, rad, start your plan today. Maybe if you know there's no way you're going to be able to buy in 2022, what's the worst thing that can happen if you start your plan today? If you started like you were getting ready to buy a home next month, what's the worst, right? You've looked at your credit, you started budgeting, you started savings, you worked on your debt, and you're actually now going through life with some sense of purpose and a plan instead of mentally flailing and just hoping to survive. And what if you are one of those people who's actually close to buying? What do you do to stabilize yourself in the poop show that's happening out there? Well, here's one way. I got this email from a listener just the other day. They went to howtobuyahome.com, and this is the email they sent me. For those of you who are getting ready to go right now, you might be there and you just don't even know it. Here's the simple step-by-step plan, and this is great. He sent this email to me just like this. It says, timeline, June 8th, I emailed you. June 9th, you responded with a form, which I completed. June 11th, you connected me with Stacy. June 14th, I met Stacy in person and discussed my goals. She recommends a mortgage broker to me. I submitted my loan application and all of the documentation for underwriting and pre-approval. Then the next headline of the email, next steps. June 15th, meeting with a broker on Zoom to discuss financial position in more detail. And next, start looking at houses. And then he put at the end, additional notes. Stacy was great and really helped me feel better about the whole process. If there is a single most important thing I've learned from your podcast so far, it's finding the right real estate agent matters. I won't celebrate yet, but I am feeling optimistic and less stressed out about this process. This might not be for everyone. I understand you might need a few months to get pre-approved, so this timeline is not for you. Rad! What are you doing today to get your plan started? Not just the listening and the researching. You can't count having me in your ear holes right now as doing something. What are you actually doing? Do you have a professional guiding you? Go to howtobuy.home.com and find the resources you need. Either get the info on how to interview and who to interview the guides to help you get started or ask for a unicorn recommendation. I don't care how you find a pro. I just want you to get the right pro for a first-time homebuyer and get one ASAP who's going to work with you on the planning, not just the purchasing. Howtobuyahome.com. Go there. Hit the Ask David button. If you want to look on Instagram and get some more stuff, that's at David Sedoni. TikTok, you guys know I'm there. That's at How to Buy a Home. Or dig in the YouTube, the How to Buy a Home podcast page on YouTube. Go check it out. Subscribe. Ding that bell. So I never want to hear you say this ever again. Damn, the economy sucks. Yeah, it does. And we all knew that. The summer's hot, and we knew that too. So what are you going to do? Are you going to whine about how hot it is? Or are you going to go buy a fan or fix your air conditioner? And next, I don't want to hear this one. I don't want to be house poor. Stop using that excuse. Say, I want to be house wise and not rent poor. 
That way you're thinking about the whole picture. Now share this podcast with anyone who needs to hear this message. We can change the world one friend at a time. I'm tired of living in a world of whiners, aren't you? Wouldn't it be great if we could spread this practical positivity and make the world a better place? Give people a message of hope instead of message of despair? Because I've seen people do this out of the worst recession since the Great Depression. I sold tons of first-time buyer homes during that huge recession of 2008 to 2011, and none of them are house poor today. And all of them were happy to be stable through unstable times because they heard me tell them this. You can do this.